0: This is the Sunshine Coast, Mark and Caroline, by 92.7 Mix FM.
1: John Safran, awesome to talk to you. Yeah, great to talk to you. Thank you very much for having me on. No, that's all right. I don't know if I start with race around the world, or if I go right back into your repertoire, or shall we just stay with the most recent book, Depends on What You Mean by Extremist.
0: Yes, no, it was an exciting adventure. I spent 18 months hanging out with various radicals in Australia. This isn't like going into the deep south in America, I think these are all um, interesting people that I I imagine most people wouldn't have spent a lot of time with. I got to hang out in their lounge rooms and stuff.
1: And we've all seen the photos, haven't we? You know, you you look at some of those rallies, I think, around Bendigo, around the mosque and whatever, and there was big gatherings of white supremacists or, you know, know, nationalists or whatever in Bendigo. And a lot of them had their faces covered and they looked really angry. and, And it's not a massive leap to say, well, they look exactly the same as Islamic fundamentalists, don't they? They're just both extremists.
0: Yeah, well, definitely there are there are crossovers. And not only visual ones, there's a visual crossover that you point out, like, you know, covering their faces, but also just fundamentally wanting to change the world and change society. So it's not like, oh, we want to chip a bit away here, or chip a bit away there. It's like just total uh, discontent with the world, wanting a revolution.
1: You call yourself a white supremacist train spotter, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Over this 18-month journey... How many times have you been punched in the head?
0: Oh, zero, I think. Zero? Eight. I think zero. But that could have just been good luck. And, you know, it's still the book tour is still young. So who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hope
1: so. Because they know who you are, don't they? You turn yeah. up to these rallies and they actually point you out.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they all – well, most of them know I'm Jewish, so they all have a – you know, they, you they, know. They, they all have their sort of – not necessarily issues. Yeah, issues. Let's say issues. issues. They do have the issues with my people. So, yeah, yeah definitely – that, but, but if you just turn up, it's kind of like, like, what are they going to do? Like, it's still a bit of a big deal to punch someone in the
1: face. I yeah. see, so, which is good. for yeah. It's good for uh, controversial documentary makers. Yes. You know, <laughs> that it's That's still a big deal. <laughs> I noticed, too, that you ate falafel with Monty Python quoting ISIS supporters born into Christian families. What makes a young, white, Australian male who's been raised Catholic or whatever, what makes him become an Islamic extremist?
0: Well, I think I had a unique... Or not unique, but an interesting school upbringing that sort of makes me kind of understand this a bit more, which is even though my family wasn't that religious, they ended up sending me to this ultra orthodox Jewish school where the people like they believe the Messiah is going to come, you know, the Jewish version of it. Right, and right. so I spent my whole high school years absorbing a community that, you know, and they're fine and they're great and they own shops and they've got good senses of humor and, and you know, everything's fine, but like they sincerely believe that this scripture they read is the truth and that mm. the Messiah is just... Days you know, away. He, yeah, he's just days away. So so therefore, when craziness started going down after 9-11, I started processing that through that experience and, and hanging out with these Australian ISIS supporters, the ones I hung out with, absolutely, they believe that this scripture, this stuff in the Quran and other Muslim scripture, it's like it's the truth and they believe that there's stuff in the scripture that says, the Messiah is about to come, their Muslim version, their messianic age, and that, mm-hmm. oh, oh, this stuff that's going on in Iraq and Syria. You know, in the scripture, it, it says there's going to be a war and it, it says it's going to be in a place right. like that. So mm-hmm. they feel like they have to go over and they have to fight. So, so it's, it's, which makes it really confusing because if a, if a Muslim person was to say, oh, it's Islamophobia that's making me want to do this, like we can go, oh, okay, let's try to reduce Islamophobia or whatever or even, like, foreign policy. But as soon as it gets to this weird, magical thinking, and, and they, they just believe it, yeah. it's, it's kind of, like, hard yeah. to know, well, what do you say?
1: It's not only one religious group that believe it. Fundamentalists, all fundamentalists in every... Fundamentalists, they're, all, they're yeah. all believing it in their own yeah. same way, and ultimately that's mm-hmm. going to lead to chaos. But having said all that, what's the solution, John Safran? Come yeah, on, you're the expert. It. You wrote the book. What do we do? I mean, we've got crazies on the right, crazies on the left, crazies in the middle... Somewhere in all of that is just normal people, you know, like you, me and Caroline who just think, Do we all have to be so angry with each other?
0: Yeah, I'm very flattered I came under the category of normal person. So well thank you are. Yeah. T- yeah. Only for
1: the purposes of this radio show. That's right. Yeah. I think a big part
0: of it or is the discussion has to be more nuanced and multi-layered. Like if you think about here in Melbourne, like with AFL football and I'm sure up there in Queensland. With sports and stuff. Like, there's, there's, we talk about it with such nuance and there's so many layers to it. And we'll kind of spend half an hour on a, a TV footy show talking about the players' association salaries of the board members versus the uh, gambling ads that run during the game. And then we'll like spend an hour talking about obesity and how, you know, the little league is good for overcoming that yet when it comes to like religion so many of us are like from secular families that go back generations of not really being that religious we don't really discuss it and we don't really discuss it in that kind mm, sort of nuanced mm, mm, small not, way like we do yeah. afl football so mm. basically i reckon the starting point is to talk about Religion as if it's AFL football.
1: Tell me, John, I can't remember the exact name of which show it was, but it was one you went right into religion. I have to ask, it's one of the moments that everyone talks about when your name comes up, and it's that moment where you were speaking in tongues. I think it was in Southern America.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, Wait, I went, I hung out with an exorcist for four days in America, and yeah, he exorcised me. I kind of like fell under his spell, so people were like, Well, what happened? And I think. I think he might have hypnotised me. That would be the non-religious explanation. Because you were it, making yeah, it,
1: funny noises and flinching around and all this sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm not like a good actor. It's not,
0: You know what I mean? So it's not like I could have pulled that off. Oh, it could have been an exorcism. So it was either an exorcism or a hypnotism. So either, either way, it's pretty impressive of him that he managed to put me under his spell.
1: Right. But it didn't turn you religious. He didn't get you on side. I, I, I can still hear the devil in there. Yeah, he he drove a
0: few devils out of me, but there's only so much you can do in four days. So I got to yes.
1: <laughs> well, look, John, it's a fantastic book, mate. Depends on what you mean by extremist. We are loving it. Keep up the good work.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.